Hey there, and thanks for listening to our podcast. Our mission at Hope is to invite everyone to find Jesus and help them move toward the center of God's purpose for their life. Here's this weekend's message. Welcome to all of our campuses. Those of you watching online, so glad you're with us. A new series called Bridges. And today, I want to talk about a couple of bridges that we need to burn in our lives. Now, there are many, many more than two, but there are some things in our lives that we have allowed. There's some, some uh, obstacles, some things that just keep us from being healthy, keep us from, and when I say healthy, I'm just talking about spiritually in the center of God's purpose for our lives, that we need to get out. We need to burn. So today I'm going to talk about uh, burn the bridge. Next week we're going to talk about be the bridge. And then the third week we're going to talk about build the bridge. But like that song talks about, I want to see it burn. I want to see those things in my life that need to be out of my life so that I can move forward in my relationship with God and what He has for me. And so today I want to identify two of those bridges. So here's where we're going. I'm going to give you one at a time. We'll um, read some scripture after I identify the bridge. I'll talk a little bit, do another one. And then the, the last bridge is one that we all need to cross. And then we'll close in prayer. The first bridge, though, that I want to talk about is burn the bridge of spiritual rejection. Now, I know this may sound weird, um, but I think all of us know the sting of rejection. Many of us, for a variety of reasons, have felt rejected in our lives. Maybe it's in a relationship. Maybe it's because of the way we look. Maybe it's because of uh, not enough money. Maybe it's because of our skin color or our nationality. Maybe it's because our parents, even at an early age, we felt this physical, tangible, relational, verbal rejection. And all of our lives, we have lived all of our lives with this complex. And we respond in a variety of ways. Sometimes we power up and we become tough and we become hard. Sometimes we become insecure and isolated. But I think all of us have felt the sting of rejection in our community, in our families, whatever. But the worst, the worst kind of rejection is spiritual rejection. It, it's this kind of rejection that perhaps you have felt growing up in the church that you were raised in by the people of God, by pastors, by youth pastors, even by me in, in the years that we've been here. Maybe you've felt this tinge of rejection that if you don't measure up, if you if you don't start doing this, if you don't, and, and there's this, sometimes you get this message of, of condemnation and this message that you'll never be enough. You're never going to be enough. And, and, and you, you put that on God and that he rejects you. And you feel alone and you're here today by miracle, you're here today. But many of us have felt this from, from spiritually speaking, this rejection from the people of God, from the church, from even you feel like God. You don't feel worthy. You've done too many things wrong. You've been here before. You've tried the spiritual thing and you, and you feel like you've failed. You've, 
you've been marginalized by the religious community for whatever reason, and it's just on and on it goes, and, and, and you, you feel disconnected from God. Well, burning this bridge of spiritual rejection, in order to do so, you need to understand spiritual acceptance. Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to be in the book of Ephesians in this whole series. I'm going to visit some encounters that Jesus had in the Gospels uh, as well, but the whole series is kind of birthed and based out of Ephesians. And in chapter 1 of Ephesians, he kind of starts it off, verse 4. He says, even before he made the world, so before you came into existence, before you were even thought of in the minds of your family, before the world was created, I want you to understand that, before you sinned, before I sinned, before there were any mistakes, before Adam and Eve sinned, long before he made the world, or even before he made the world, God loved and chose us. He loved and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. You talk about acceptance. And that acceptance is not based or birthed out of, oh, well, we're pretty good. He's lucky to have us on the team. It's not based or birthed out of our goodness. It's not based out of our ability to perform. But in Christ, he has set us apart. He has adopted us to, to be holy and without fault. He decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. Not through you or me, but through Jesus. And this is what we wanted to do. And it gave him great, great pleasure. In order to burn the bridge of spiritual rejection, you've got to understand that God is for you. He loves us. And maybe you never heard that in church before. Maybe you heard it, but then it was also balanced with he's also very angry at you. And you better watch out. And many times we in the church, we've said that like, you're going to hell. And we've been kind of happy about it. And, and I, that's just not the heart of God. Ephesians chapter 3. Here's what Paul says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Listen to this, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong and may you have the power to understand as all God's people should. How wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Listen, then you will be made complete. That's the only way in which our life works, is if we understand not the judgment or the condemnation of God, but the love of God, the high, the wide, the long, the deep, how much God loves you and I, then you'll be complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. It's only in understanding his love, not his scary, bad, mean, ogre God, but this God that says, I'm going to invite you to a journey. I'm going to invite you to the table. And maybe you've never heard that before. Jesus said it like this, for God so loved the world, John 3, 16. God so loved the world. He's not mad at the world. 
He loves the world. And that's, I know, theologically speaking, I've heard this in, in a variety of ways, and I've heard it so watered down just recently from, I mean, really great teachers, but they're just like, well, that's not the same kind of love that he has for his children. That's the same. What do you mean? God is love. The very definition, the very expression of any kind of love that's worth anything comes from God. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever would believe would not perish but have eternal life. This is, the, this is from Jesus. He's trying, to, he's trying to introduce this, hey, I know there's law and there's, there's, there's this way in which we're called to live this standard, but what we found is we, on our best day, we couldn't keep the standard. We couldn't measure up. And so Jesus enters into the picture with the love of God, with the grace of God, and says, I'm going to live that law for you perfectly. I'm going to atone for the sins of the world because he loves you. And as, a, as, as somebody that maybe were raised in the church, you felt, you've just felt this overwhelming sense that I, I'm never going to measure up. I'm never going to be good enough. I'm never going to be accepted. You're wrong. Listen to the encounters of Jesus. You read the Gospels, and who did Jesus hang out with? He hung out with sinners. In fact, he was accused of being a drunk and a glutton. He was, a, he was accused of being too nice. He was accused of being in the mess of people's lives. The adulterers that Jesus hung out with. Mary Magdalene, who followed him most of his ministry, was a prostitute. Talk about bad reputation. And she's following you around. Jesus didn't mind. The adulterous woman brought to him in the synagogue as he's teaching, and they say, hey, the law says stoner, what do you say? And he says, well, if you got no sin in your life, go ahead, throw it. This is the encounters with Jesus that he just says, hey, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. When he, when he called Matthew the tax collector, when he had supper with Zacchaeus in his home, tax collectors were known sinners. They were awful people in the Jewish community. They were Jewish, working for the Roman government, overtaxing their own people, pocketing the change. And they were very wealthy, most of them. And yet Jesus is like, hey, tax collectors, I know who you are, but I'm going to have lunch with you, right? Matthew's friends. They all had dinner, and, and the religious leaders are looking in the window going, man, what is he doing? And maybe you have felt like that in your life. Well, you're in good company. Jesus, the secret sauce of Jesus was acceptance. Jesus never started a conversation with people far from God saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to tell you about your sin because you've got to clean it up. You've got to get your act together, Peter. Matthew? No, he just invited him. He invited him to a journey. He says, come follow me. I'm going to change your life. But I just want you to come follow me. This acceptance from, from God's heart. And Jesus modeled it. He invites you. You think about your life. You think about all the mess ups. You think about all the sin. And maybe, maybe you have lived your life in spiritual rejection because 
You just don't understand the love of God, the heart of God for you in Christ Jesus. And long before you were ever thought of, he adopted us into his kingdom. He chose us. He, he, some translation says he's predestined that, hey, even if it messes up, I am going to bring you in because I love you. How wide, how high, how deep, how long. My love is. And when you understand that love, you can be complete. But when you stay in rejection and you stay in condemnation, you will never be complete. And many of us have lived our lives like that. And I just want to tell you today, Jesus invites you to a journey. It doesn't mean that he won't clean you up at some time. He won't, doesn't mean he won't correct us. doesn't mean, so those of you that I might get emails saying, you're being too soft on sin, quiet yourself. We preach the whole gospel here, okay? We've gone far too long in the spiritual rejection, just, just burdening people with a law that no one, listen, that no one can fulfill. You need to burn that bridge. And I do too. Second bridge is burn the bridge of fear. Now, uh, there are many ways in which fear is manifested or even definitions of fear. And, and when I use this word, I'm not talking about Friday the 13th, part three fear. You know, Halloween or whatever that other scary movies, okay? Whatever's new. I know I'm, <laughs> that, that dates me in those movies, but scary movies, right? How many like scary movies? You're of the devil. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Teasing, teasing. I tell you what, I don't mind scary movies, but the demon ones, no. Yikes! Right? Anyway, what was I talking about? Okay, burn the bridge of fear. So the fear that I'm talking about, how many of you ever heard of FOMO? Raise your hand. You heard of FOMO. It is the fear of missing out. That's the kind of fear I want to talk to you about in this bridge. It's, it's the fear of missing out. Some of us have this, this fear of missing out because you see you, maybe your friends, they're, 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 they're leaving church and you're going, hey, where, where are y'all going? And we're going to Ernesto's. Oh, re really? <laughs> I want to go, <laughs> right? Seriously, I, I mean, when my friends go out, I mean, I'm like, hey, where are y'all going? You're going on a trip? Where? No, anyway, those, 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 the, the fear of missing out, and that's, what I, that's the fear that I'm talking about right here, but I'm going to twist it a little bit, and I'm going to go to Mark chapter 10, an encounter that Jesus has that's crucial to understand this bridge that needs to be burned called fear. Mark 10, as Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him, knelt down, and asked, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus asked. Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely, lie. You must not cheat anyone. Honor your father and mother. Now, how many understand that's a big list right here? And here's his, here's his response. Teacher, the man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. Okay, first of all, liar. <laughs> okay, because you're just saying you, you've never lied? You've never told, a, you know, exaggerate, whatever, right? So we, we know that he's already lying. But here's the response of Jesus. The, the, the guy says, yeah, I've kept all those commands. And Jesus, here's what it says. 
Again, again, the heart of God, the heart of Jesus. Jesus felt genuine love. He wasn't disgusted with this brat, this spoiled rich guy. He wasn't disgusted. He didn't look at him and go, you little liar. You little, whatever. No, no, no. He looked at him with genuine love. And he says, there is still one thing you haven't done, he told him. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. At this the man's face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. Now, how many, in in the past maybe, and even today, you're reading this, go, that idiot, could you imagine doing that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, let me just ask you, if Jesus, you and Jesus, he peered right here, just you and him in this room, and he says, hey, you've been pretty good, not perfect, but you know what, we understand grace, so but there's one thing you haven't done. You haven't sold. I want you to sell everything that you have. I want you to give it to the poor. I want you to just follow me. Just trust me. Just follow me. How many might have an issue? Don't raise your hands. Okay. <laughs> How many might go, hmm, really? All of it? Yeah, I just want you to sell your house. I want you to sell your cars. Sell your mo- No, you can keep your motorcycles. I want you to, <laughs> I want you to sell your boats. I want you to uh, your 401k that you got in there, there's a little nest egg. I want you to just give it away. I want you to take that 4013B. I want you to take that IRA. I want you to take that lake home. I want you to take that whatever, right? I want you to sell it all. I want you to sell it all. The coffee maker, sell it all. And everybody was good until then. Coffee maker's like, oh, wait a minute. No. I want you to really think about it. How many, if Jesus asked you, that question would be just like him? Man, I can't even imagine saying, oh, yeah, I would do anything Jesus says. I think we think more highly of ourselves than we ought. Because I think most of us, and this, by the way, this is the only time Jesus ever asked this of anyone. Never. And I don't even know if Jesus was serious. I mean, I don't know if Jesus was maybe testing him to say, would he do it? Like God tested Abraham, sacrifice your son. Oh, psych. Just kidding. I don't know. I don't know. But here's the issue. Here's the issue. This guy, fear of missing out. If I give Jesus everything, my lifestyle will change. His face looked down, for he was sad because he had many possessions. I don't, I, I, I don't want my lifestyle to change. I don't, I, don't want, I, don't, I don't want to not have anything. Maybe he thought, if, if I give Jesus everything, I'll miss out on all this world has to offer. I'll miss out on the American dream. I'll miss out on my kids going to college. I'll miss out on, you know, what, you fill in the blank. I'll miss out. I, I, don't, I don't want to do that. The fear of missing out. This is what I'm talking about. This is This is Jesus' encounter with somebody who was a good person. He wasn't a bad person. He was a moral person. He wanted to do. He he initiated the conversation. Jesus, what must I do? Man, I'm sincere. And Jesus loved him for it. Jesus was like, man, I I see your passion. I see your genuine heart, your authentic heart. One thing he lacked. And what stood in his way was the fear of missing out. I don't want my lifestyle to change. I I don't want to miss out on what the world has to offer. 
If I give Jesus everything, my friends won't understand. If I give Jesus everything, how do I know I can trust Him? Now, these are all things that you and I deal with, and it's a bridge that needs to burn. Now, the rest of the story, because I think many of us understand these things. We're Him, by the way. You know that, right? We're, this, we're the rich young ruler. Mark 10, let's read the rest of the story. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. This amazed them, but Jesus said again, dear children, it is very hard to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. How harsh is that? And so his disciples, here's what they said. They were astounded. What? Then who in the world can be saved? They asked. And Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible. But with God, everything is possible. Switch gears. Peter's like, okay, I'm no longer concerned about him. Here's what I want to know. He began to speak up. We've given up everything to follow you, he said. In other words, what are we going to get? We're good. We, we, we've given up everything to follow you. Jesus said, yes. And listen to this. Listen to this. Jesus replied, I assure you, I assure you that everyone who has given up house, brothers, sisters, mother, father, children, or property for my sake, for the good news, and for the good news, will receive now in return a hundred times as many houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and property, along with persecution, by the way. And in the world to come, that person will have eternal life. But many who are the greatest, now many who have it all now, many who have all the stuff that everyone wants, and they're the envy of the community, they're the envy of the neighborhood, they're the envy of the church, they have everything. They're just like, wow, nothing goes wrong for them. The greatest now Sometimes in generalities, I'm not saying everybody who has anything is not, you know, a bad person or not following Jesus. I'm just saying in generalities, the people who seem great now will be least important then. And those who seem least important now will be the greatest then. I'm going to make a statement. I should have put it on the screen, but here it is. You and I could never imagine a life that is better than the one that Jesus invites us to. But, 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 you know, we're following you. We've given up everything. Oh, yes, you have. And I promise you, you are going to be repaid. And I don't know what Jesus meant by that. I get a hundred houses? I don't think that's really the literal meaning of what Jesus was getting at. What he was getting at is that you're, you, will, you could never imagine a life that is better than the one that I'm going to invite you to. The adventure, listen, the peace, the joy, the love, the purpose, it will never, you could never imagine, and we have great imaginations of a way in which we could live. You could never imagine a lifestyle. You could never imagine enough houses, enough cars, enough boats, enough money, enough whatever, 
that would be better than what Jesus offers you. That's why this bridge needs to burn. We need to burn the bridge of fear that God is, God is withholding something from us. He's asking everything of us, but he's withholding. It's just like the enemy in the garden who came to Eve looking at that fruit. We can't eat it. We can't eat it. Well, why can't you eat it? Well, because God said, I will surely die. Did he really say that? He's hiding something from you because he, he knows that you'll be like him. Same thing. We're missing out. Eve was missing out. Adam's sitting there watching her. <laughs> missing out. I don't want to miss out. I, don't, I want to be like God. You need to burn the bridge of fear. There is nothing in this life or what this world has to offer, or that you could imagine that is better than the life Jesus invites us to. Teenagers, and if, if, you, if you could just get this, I am not against money. Please understand, I'm not preaching poverty here. It's the love of money that ruins you. I'm not telling you can't be, saying you can't be successful. All I'm saying is give it all. I know I'm talking about physically. I'm just talking about your heart, your life. This is what I really believe Jesus was getting at with the rich young ruler. He was like, man, you got to give everything to me. Come follow me, and I will change your life. And you could not imagine what this life will be like if you truly follow me. we got to burn the bridge of fear. we got to burn the bridge of spiritual rejection. But there's a bridge. And there, no, listen, there are many more that you need to burn. Many of us harbor resentment toward others. A family member, a friend, an ex-husband, an ex-wife. And I understand that's hard. It, it, you just, there's just bitterness. There's, it's, it's hard. I was talking to somebody this week about forgiveness. and it, Forgiveness is instantaneous, by the way. You just say it. You choose to forgive. Healing is a long process. You understand that, right? Just because you choose to forgive doesn't mean you'll feel better. It's a long process, healing is. But some of you need to burn the bridge of the lack of forgiveness. Some of you need to burn the bridge of, of some kind of sin in your life that is holding you back. God's not mad at you. He's just inviting you to better. He's inviting you to better. He's inviting you to more. You can never imagine. That sin, as good as it feels, as good as it seems, is never going to be better than what Jesus offers you. And you've got to burn that. You've got to burn those. But there is one that all of us need to cross. And that is cross the bridge of faith. Now, I know this is a no-brainer, most of you. Most of you have, pretty sure, even watching online, wherever you are, most of you maybe crossed the bridge of faith. Now, it doesn't mean there's not some bridges to burn. doesn't mean you've got things in your life that need to go out, but you've crossed the bridge of faith. But let me explain it just for those perhaps that you're sitting here today, you're watching, you're at Prosper, McKinney, Frisco West, or wherever you are, and you've never really crossed the bridge of faith. Ephesians, again, back to that book, chapter 2, says it like this. God saved you by His grace when you, when you believed. There, there was a point in time in which the doubt and the, the fear, the rejection, the 
questions just need to be burned, and you need to cross that bridge of faith. Now, crossing the bridge of faith doesn't mean you have all the answers. It doesn't mean you'll get all the answers. It just means, you know what? I'm going to cross the bridge of faith because I do believe in what Jesus did for me. He says, he says this, God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that we have done. So in other words, again, please understand, none of us deserve this. You're not here. You're not reconciled to God. You are not forgiven because you were able to perform. You were able to fulfill the law. You were able to make the standard. None of us did. None of us could do that, and we still can't. We're saved because we believe in what Jesus did. That's called grace. He lived the life that we couldn't live. He paid the price that we couldn't pay so that we could be reconciled to God. In other words, what does that mean? That we were forgiven of our sins. So that, Ephesians 1, we're adopted from the beginning of the world. He predestined us to be holy and without fault. That only comes through Jesus not your good works. You don't get to God because you're good, and you don't stay with God because you're good. You get to God, and you stay with God because He's good. And some of you, you need to cross the bridge of faith for the for the first time, for the last time. You need to cross. Accept what Jesus is inviting you to. Quit, quit looking to yourself or to this world and, and what it has to offer for your peace or for your joy or your happiness. It only comes when you accept what Jesus said. Come follow me. Cross the bridge of faith. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to have it all together. You just need to believe in what I've done. Romans tells us, if you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that if you would believe, we have received our salvation because we believed, Ephesians 2.8. Do you believe? Cross the bridge. For the first time and for the last time, cross the bridge. Don't worry about what you're going to leave behind. Don't worry. Don't, don't fear what you're going to miss out on. I promise you, Jesus promised you. Hey, hey, don't worry about that stuff. If that guy would have, I think if, if Jesus maybe could have expanded on this, he would have said, if that guy only knew what he was missing by walking away, if he only knew, so I still love him. I'm not mad at him, but if he only knew what he was missing. And many of you, you're stuck on the other side because I just don't want to give up. I don't want to give up. I don't want to, man, give it away. Give it up. Burn the bridge. I, I'm a, World War II fascinates me. Um, yes, Melissa, I watch endless, much to her dismay, endless documentaries on the History Channel, American Heroes Channel. I think it's called that. I don't know what it's called. But anyway, there's, there's many of them. Smithsonian. Love World War II. 
And, and one of the strategies of both the axis of evil and the allies was that of burning bridges. They, they would cross a bridge to the other side of this you know, river, and then they would blow the bridge up so that the enemy couldn't get over. So it would be a lot harder for them to follow them. Did it make sense? And I get this picture, and I've seen a lot of great bridges crossed over the Brooklyn Bridge many times, crossed over the Golden Gate Bridge, the Royal Gorge, the, the, the Great Bridge by the Hoover Dam. I haven't crossed that one because they were building it when I was there, but it's, it's fascinating. There's some beautiful bridges, but there's also some bridges that need to be burned. And I'm going to invite you today in just a, in just a moment to, if you're a believer or not, there's some bridges that you need to burn. Whatever those are, I'm going to ask you to pray and just spend some time with the Lord and say, what needs to be burned in my life? Maybe you're here and you've never believed, and the reason you haven't believed, the reason you haven't crossed that line or that bridge of faith is because you just feel like I'm not worthy, I'll never be good enough, I've tried it before, I couldn't do it, I kept sinning, I kept, well, join the club. Join the club. Don't stop, burn that bridge. Cross it and burn it. You don't need to ever go back to doubt, to rejection, to sin. And if you've never crossed that line, as we just take a minute of prayer, I just want you under your breath to say, Father, I don't have all the answers. I don't know everything there is to know. Here's what I do know, that in this moment right now, I sense you inviting me to a journey. And I want to say yes. I've heard about Jesus. I've heard about Easter. I've heard about what he did on the cross. I've heard about the resurrection. I don't want to just hear about it. I don't want to just wonder about it. I believe that Jesus did what I could not do. And that if I'll just cross that bridge in faith, not because I'm good, not because I'll continue to be good, but because you're good. I want to cross that bridge of faith today. I just want you to pray something like that. Whoever you are. Wherever you are. Lord, your, your word is so good and alive and, and, and this metaphor of bridges in our lives is real. And so for, for, for whatever it is that needs to be burned, whatever bridge that needs to be burned in our lives, would you give us the courage to burn them? Give us the courage to never look back May, may we accept the invitation of, of, of a life that we could never dream on our own, that is filled with adventure, filled with purpose, filled with peace, filled with joy, filled with love, and persecution. But Lord, a life that we could not even imagine. So, my friends that need to burn some bridges, my friends that need to cross a bridge, today let it be their day to make a declaration just in their heart, in their mind, cross that bridge, burn that bridge. May your kingdom come. May your will be done in our lives in this moment right here on this earth as it is in heaven. Take a moment.
Thanks for listening to Hope's weekend message. Visit hopefellowship.net and further connect with us by downloading the Hope app from the App Store or Google Play. Have a great day.